Hello, this is Dan Kalak, member of the Palma Band of Lusanio Indians and the Chief Medical Officer for Indian Health Council over the past 19 years. Miyum. May we all wonder and be blessed by the energy created by the life around us, perpetuated and created from our ancestors and their ancestors for time immemorial. We recognize the Creator's hand is all that we see, feel, think, and do here on Earth and in our short existence. We treasure our time together and we wish each other peace, happiness, and long life. For love, health, time is all we have here on Earth. We relish our bodies, minds, spiritual being, and our consciousness, drinking in our reality with the ones we love and making a good place for our people is paramount. For our Earth, our animal brothers and sisters on Earth, the ocean, the sea, and the unseen that share our space, we treasure your existence. For our children we love, live, and last one more day, if not for ourselves, but for our generations to come forever now on Earth and to the universe end. Michonne Lovick. Sorry, what was your name again? I'm David. David, okay, I apologize, David. And your I, name? Benet. Benet? Benet, yeah. Edward. Edward. Nice to meet you both. So we, we, uh, we, we were, when we were looking at guests for Positive Adventures, Edward was one of the first that came into my head because of his journey. And when I reached out to mom, uh, I thought, uh, um, you know, get him out here. And then mom said, I'm going to join him. I didn't even ask. And mom, because she's a whole nother podcast, you know, so that's a whole nother, right? Yeah. That's a whole nother. Cause I was just like, I got it. That's an ask, ask. Like I got to like get my thing to get, get my, get my stuff together and figure out what we're going to talk. You could talk about so much. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's yeah. It's okay. True. So I, and so, you know, can you ask Edward if he wouldn't mind being on a podcast? You know, and then because uh, I was going to ask Ethan to get your number, but instead I was going to ask mom. You know, yeah. I just thought that was more appropriate. And then, uh, and then, and then mom's like, "Well, I'm going to join him," and I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> and then we almost got his sister Malia, but uh, she didn't make it. Yeah, she'll come. Okay, I, we'll try. We should yeah. try to get her before she leaves her away. Yeah. We'll, well, let's try it. Yeah, let's try it. Yeah. All, all you gotta do for that is just like tell her ex exactly what you're going to talk about and give her some time to prepare. Because she was like, "I don't want to go and stuff like." Cause I get thrown into stuff a lot of time where I'm not ready and it just kind of swing it. So if you, I wish you would have went out there with me and, and got the vibe when he got out of the, out of the Jeep. She's like, yeah, he, uh, he, he's not feeling this. And then he looked, he kind of gave me the like, eh, eh. And I'm like, oh, dude, he doesn't want to be. Oh no! All right, well, mom, as long as mom's here, we're good. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is it about this sort of stuff that? Oh, just first time doing it. Like, I don't know. Don't want to mess up, make too much noise, you know. I think, oh, yeah, and yeah. I think the humility. I think you're humble. It, it depends on the situation, but majority of the time, I am. Because, because I was, I was explaining to him. I, I think it's important that you know when we're talking about these positive adventures and this month and some of the people that we recognized. Um, I definitely, definitely having one of our locals, um, uh, and and uh, and with all the feats that you've attained and and that you've you've all the journeys that you've taken so yeah. far, uh, Mr. Hill be, would would definitely be at the top of the charts, you know. And and just to name some of those and mom, I I might miss some. So. Did you go yeah. state in wrestling? 
no, I didn't do that. My senior year, my junior year, the reason I didn't wrestle my senior is because I was just tired. I uh, dropped 40 pounds my junior year to okay. uh, get back to 85s. And then I I was always, I made some masters. Masters. Yeah. And then I was just sick that day. I caught with like the flu or something. I was shaking in bed, dropped 10 pounds. That day? Yeah. It was bad. And then my sophomore year, I went to masters, but I hurt my back during uh, CIF. Yeah. So I tried to wrestle and I couldn't. And it was just like, put me down. And I was like, man, I don't want to do that. I came in like that. I was already ranked 20th in state coming into my senior year. Yeah. But I didn't wrestle. I, I sometimes think about it, but then sometimes I'm like, you can't regret stuff. No. Because the difference was, like, well, I'm going to focus more on football. So I did that. I got scholarships. So I was like, oh, it was worth it at the end of the day. Right. And so that's that's what I remember most because I watched all your games with, with you know, my little cousin being there. Um, and so watching this man on the field, he was definitely – and everybody will agree because it was just – this guy was a man, man amongst, amongst men – I won't say boys because you guys had the squad, you know, yeah. but uh, uh, you were definitely a, a cut from a different thread. You know, he was big. He was big, but you were a leader. Yeah. You were a leader, man, and, and we were really, really proud of you, proud of that, proud of all, all those guys. But, but we, I could just see your leadership on the field, and, and I know you and your family, but I could just see your leadership out there and, and how people just gravitated toward you and, and the respect that you had and the coaches had toward you. And it's a real honor to have you here today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Did you yeah. say you got a scholarship? Where are you going? Uh, I went to Colorado Mesa University, but this past season, well, last year in April, April 6, 2021, I broke my ankle. So I was I was out. Ouch. And I'm taking this year off just so I can fully heal up and, like, get stronger. That's yeah. smart. Yeah. That's smart. So many people push themselves way too hard and jump back in way, way too early. Yeah. And then they end up with, you know. I was doing that, actually. Because after I got cut out, because I was in a cast for, what was it, four months? Mm -hmm. About a month, I was just not in a cast. And then four months, I was in a cast. And another month, I had to learn how to walk again. And I finally got back to school. Wasn't allowed to jog yet. But then I started going into jogging. And then I just, for about 10 weeks straight when they're during football, I was working out every day, doing everything I can to come back. That last week, I finally actually was able to clear because they don't actually test ankles really, so they don't know when it's when you're fit to go back onto the field. <laughs> it seems weird, right? Yeah. So when I got out there, I was trying to move, and I was like, "All right, that's not bad." I had to skip some of the drills, but then I went through the plays, and one step, I just top, I just stopped break until I hit someone back, and I just felt my ankle crack, and then I just started limping again. I was like, "Whoa." Yeah. He actually went to. Uh a place we had him evaluated in Las Vegas since um, our 7G foundation has a lot of resources. He met a gentleman and he can talk about it, but he, he did what they were supposed to do, which was measure his, um, they measured my flexibility because yeah. strength will come. We need flexibility because that little difference between like, if you bend your knee forward and you keep your ankle, you're supposed to be able to bend your knee past your uh, toes. And I couldn't do that with my left one. He was like, well, that's, that's a huge issue. He walked inside. It was kind of impressive because I was stretching, getting ready, and I was, like, doing some things to, like, get my ankle warmed up. And he immediately looked at me. He's like, well, you, you have serious stiffness in your ankle immediately. And I was like, I didn't even tell you what was wrong with me, but all right. Yeah. Uh, he's a coach out of UNLV. Yeah, he was a strength and conditioning coach out of there. Yeah, Manny. I can't remember his last name. But, yeah. Um, but I think the, one of the things that Edward – 
really impressed me with not just being his mom but being a parent and then also you know what i do in the community um his openness to discuss where he was mentally was key um because he called me and he said uh i'm in a dark place and you know he said that to his sister said it to me but that in itself really you know well, I was extremely thankful because of being his mom but it really meant a lot because we have such huge issues with suicide and Edward was hitting rock bottom because he had put it so much effort so much work and he's you know he was at the top of his game and so I mean you can talk about it Edward but yeah so I'll, I'll go into depth about it so freshman year I uh, traveled every game, never started. I was second string, but my coach, he basically brought me there because he just gave me ready because next year I was going to transfer to center and play there. So he just brought me to every game. I traveled everything. So I experienced the whole thing, but I never played. There was almost like a couple games where I actually got to play and I was excited, but he said, nope. He said, <laughs> he said I, have a, I have a plan for you. Because <laughs> he, believed, he believed in me, so it was great. I always respected the coach for it. But yeah, so then my sophomore year, COVID year, I played that year. I played three games. I allowed uh, maybe a, one tackle for loss and one QB hit. Other than that, allowed no sacks, nothing else. So it was a really good uh, sophomore year. Then heading into the spring ball, I was getting better and better. I was getting faster, getting quicker. <coughs> Sorry about that. Very good. And I was depleting everyone. It was actually, it was really, I was like getting so good. I was like, Were you playing center? No, I was at guard because okay. they wanted someone else to center. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. My, co- my whole coaching staff got fired. Yeah. So this is my second one. So I was learning a new, okay. whole, whole new scheme and everything. It wasn't hard, but it's not nice to do when you only have like a couple months mm-hmm. to learn it. And yeah, went into that. I was doing really good. And then I got injured. I hit, hurt my hip flexor, which is normal because I injured that my freshman year. Mm-hmm. So I was coming back from that. And I probably I shouldn't have played the game. And my dad was also getting married the same day. Probably should have went to Hawaii, but I didn't because I was like always go to Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> nah, you made the right choice. Because I wanted to play ball, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Dad, I can't make this one. He's like, All right, son. So I was down there, and our coaches like kind of forced me. He's like, Hey, well, I need to see some film on you. And I was like, Well, you do have film. You got three game film of me. Like I dominated. And I was like, All right, well, I'll step in. Because there was someone else battling for my spot, and I was like, I ain't gonna lose. He was like a six four, three twenty white boy, so he was big, bigger than me. And then I was like, all right, got in. I was doing really well, but I got lazy on one play because I was kind of gassed because we just went two drives back to back. I was like, man, I'm tired, so I kind of stopped moving my feet and I just opened up the hole. I just shoved him to the side, and a kid missed a tackle and he flew, he flew into my leg, hit it. I felt my ankle touch the ground. I broke. Oh, sorry. I broke the bone, I dis, uh, dislocated the ankle and blew out ligaments. I remember doing that, hitting the ground. I was like, looking up and I was like, ah, oh, can I cuss in this? All right, try to keep Fiji. Fiji. Right. I was like, ah, oh, dang. <laughs> uh, Only he didn't say dang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, oh man, this hurts. I looked around, looked at coach, he was right to me, he's like, He's like, you good? And I was like, nah, it's done. He's like, what do you mean? You just got rolled up on. I was like, nah, coach, it's done. 
Because when I got hit, I was like, oh, man, that hurt. Actually, my first instinct was to pop back up because I always got hit like that. So uh-huh. I rolled back up. So I'd, I hit my gra- head on the ground like, oh, you're good, you're good. So I started pushing up, and I felt my ankle sink back into my leg when I tried to push up. Yeah. Like it just moved, and I was like, nope, that's not natural. <laughs> <laughs> so I rolled back over, and I was like, yeah, I'm done. I was like, call the medical, call the medical team. I was like, wherever they had to so get them here. And it's like, hey, I can feel it. So I started walking. They didn't come out to bring Gator for me. They're like, oh, he just got rolled up. He just, like, you know, sprained his ankle. So I felt me, um, like, some some of my teammates picked me up. I remember them, Caleb Barker and uh, my buddy, Beanox. They picked me up, and we were hobbling back, and I can feel my ankle just sway. And I was like, oh. My ankle's never done that before in my life. Yeah. <laughs> It's never swayed while I was walking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're generally not meant to do that. Yeah, You're right. Just felt loud popping, and then I sat down. And then the trainers didn't tell me, but they grabbed my—I uh, don't know what bone this is called, but it's like fibia, something it's, like that. Your tip is it your tibia? Yeah, it's the bone like around your calf out here, oh, okay. the outside. I broke that. They were grabbing, and they were just wiggling it around. They're like, "Oh, that's not natural." <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. And I went to the medical and I yeah, got my... Maybe stop doing that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when they were doing it, it was, a, it was actually a lot of pain. I would imagine. And I, finally, I teared up at the end. I didn't tear up from pain, which is surprising because I thought it would hurt more. But breaking your bone actually doesn't hurt. found that out. I teared up. I was just mad. I was like, man, what am I going to do? I just broke my leg. So then I got to the doctors and they took an x-ray. It was completely snapped. They said they were surprised it wasn't poking out my skin. Wow. They're like, oh, when they stepped in, it was kind of funny. Because like, what do you think you did to it? Did you sprain it or did you break it? Looked down on my leg. I saw it was all purple. It was like that thick. It was it was huge. Yeah. And I was like, I sprained it. And they're like, no, not at all. You broke that thing. <laughs> it was a clear break. And I was like, oh, thanks. So, oh, man. Yeah. And then you got surgery two days later. Yeah. He ended up calling me and God, I felt so bad for him because... You know, he's away from home. And Edward, so we're like a family that's very, very core family. Uh, you know, I think probably everybody knows this in the community. Um, so in hearing his comments and, you know, trying to be, you know, the mom and being supportive, you're trying to say, oh, you know, you know, son, you know, these things happen. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, man, this kid, because he is so passionate about what he does and, and even – when he was a freshman in high school, his job was to protect his team. I mean, and, and, you know, everybody saw that. But it was really exciting to see Edward not only continue to just take care of his team, he actually, and it's really hard for us because we are humble people, he then started to, to transition and put Edward first in regards to his interest and his needs and in so that was that was probably like a really defining moment, although it was an injury and something that he had to deal with. But I think it's interesting how much stronger he is today, not just physically, but I think mentally. I mean, he's a whole different person. Uh, I mean, you know, an extreme, but you can totally see um, uh, him, how he's really looked at things in life, even professionally in, in regards to his college um, career as a student. So, so 
you know that that's that's really interesting and i guess my question would be do you think are going back and let's say there's there's a younger you or there's there, there's some other kids back they're starting that freshman and they let's say there's kids that have real real uh college college uh chances would you recommend that they give their whole 24 7 to the sport or would you recommend that they f also focus on life too do you understand my question yeah benet so, you understand my question yeah. Because mm -hmm. I would think that because you can be really singularly focused and, when unless you're, you're just especially you're like James, a competitive adult, unless you're adult. you know a freak, you can literally walk into college. I bet. Even then, you would probably have to train, but you don't have to give. But if you're if you're if you're trying to live the dream, I think what I think you have to do is give your whole life. Like you got to sacrifice yeah. everything. You and dad and mom and I'm talking camps and clinics and so so my question is. What would you? What advice would you give? Are you going to give the, the youngsters? Well, my freshman to senior year in high school, I never partied. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't do anything besides football, go to school, and hang out with my friends. So it's like, it's hard to say because I'm like, I wouldn't change a thing. Actually, I would have put in more work, in my opinion, if from living from now, because I. For all the accomplish I have, like nothing beats when you like win. Because if you put in all those hours with your friends, your buddies, the family you create there, and you work towards something and you get it, that's one of the best feelings in the world. Because huh. like you don't get because you always get these, you know, your brain relieves like gives you like the hormones where you make you feel good and all that. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, to me, that was one of the best feelings in the world. Nothing else has ever given that to me besides, like, being with my family and all that. I know, like, it's a hard thing because it's – I didn't get to do what, like, everyone did because my family, they always went on bird trips, but I never went because mm. I always had sports. Mm. That's but I right. Knew. Yeah. So he sacrificed – Although he's very connected to the culture, he still bird sings. He still, you know, does barrel. Yeah, you made your sacrifices. He, yeah, he made some major sacrifices, and um, you know, people know us. I mean, we traveled to go bird, and you know, it's is there was times where we we're like, "Hey, Edward, do you want to go?" And he goes, "No, I need to sleep." And it wasn't because he was being lazy, but it, his body needed to recover. Yeah, because he's pulling right. 10 hour days of right. school and then six hours of training and, and yeah and so edward was the kind of individual that i did not have to wake him up at mm. four in the morning he was up he was waking me up yeah like when i had to go if i had to go drop him off at school or you know for to be in the gym edward still holds the record today his cousin Poon, who's actually another athlete um he's doing some awesome stuff um he is the uh he still holds the record for uh, bench bench for bench yeah for bench i hold the record and then i tied with kj and some african-american kid from about like 10 or 15 years ago with having uh being a uh, league mvps and stuff like that going to cf like we beat we, we they put up pictures if you get awards and then me kj and like the other guy we all, all each have three pictures up there <laughs> Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So it's interesting because earlier you were talking about, and I always, every time I go and I hear something in regards to Edward, I always tell him because um, that in itself is a 
you know, a gift to Edward when people say, oh, you know, hey, you know, Edward, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's my hero or right. whatever. Uh, my mom, she, she would always get excited because people would go, oh, you're, you're, you know, you're Eddie Hill's grandma. Oh, you know, we love him. You know, he's <laughs> our superstar, you know. And then I had gone to um, Harris and there was a young um, boy working there. And he goes, uh, he asked me who I was and he saw my last name it was Kalak. And I was like, yes, I'm a Kalak. He goes, do you have kids? I said, yeah. I said, uh, I don't know if you know him. I said, Malia Hill and Edward Hill. Edward Hill? The superstar? I was like, yeah. I said, he goes, oh, man. He goes, you know, he goes, oh, we all watch Edward. And, you know, and he goes, man, he's like, he he lets us know that we can do it. I said, yeah. I said, you're right. I said, and really, I said, you know, although Edward's doing some amazing stuff, you're right. It doesn't mean that you cannot do it as well. And he was like, yeah, I'm in. I'm in, you know, the continuation school. He goes, but my plan is to get out. And actually, he graduated. Uh, I just saw him graduate. And, I mean, it was just so amazing to to have those local um, inspirational people because, actually, Edward would look at um, inspirational um, uh, podcasts or yeah. Yeah, videos yeah. just to get that inspiration. He was definitely... He's definitely a unique individual. I mean, his his work ethics, everybody always comments on it. Uh, you know, Malia, same way. But it, it's just, um, it really does take the individual to make the difference. I think the only thing, and, you know, I'm not going to, well, I'll, I'll comment on this and Edward can comment. The only thing I would ask to have changed and did, have done different is opportunities the same equal opportunities that the other kids got even at the other schools because it's so challenging um for i mean edward i mean when you got a guy but you know jesse sapulu sees edward and says that's a d1 that's a d1 uh football player and the only way he got picked up by colorado mesa as he was seen in somebody's back film. Thankfully, Coach Chavez saw him. But I think that's the issue that we have is like, I talked to a recruiter about Edward and I said, hey, do me a favor. I said, tell me the game. I mean, tell me what's happening. Why, why, why is my son, and I'm not doing it because I'm this mom complaining. I want to know, how do I get this done? He goes, well, you know, you got to do this. I said, okay, I, I get that. You know, it's tape and everything else. And he goes, it doesn't just rely on the coach. I said, and I get that. And I said, I want to know that. I said, but do me a favor. I said, how many times do you go after and go after certain groups of kids? He goes, what do you mean? He goes, Benet, it's not a race thing. I said, no, it is. I said, it's okay. You can tell me that. You can be honest. And he said, I said, just, just, you can say yes or no. I said, or just agree with me. How many African-Americans do you go after? How many, how many African-American kids do you have scholarships for he goes yeah he goes we do i said that's okay it's not okay i said but that's something we're going to change i said my son is top of the league i said he he beat out i said there's a kid from la costa i said and i actually had to call the the school because he made a derogatory remark to edward i said but this guy has a full ride doesn't even have the grades that edward has let alone the personality i said but that kid got a full ride I said, tell me. I said, it's so unfair. 
And so anyways, you know, the guy did say, he goes, yeah, we, we do. We have, there's a certain quota that we go after. Black kids, Hispanic kids, Samoan kids, white kids. I said, how many times do you go into our communities and look for Native American athletes? He goes, yeah, he goes, I don't. And I said, okay. We said, well, we're going we're to change that, but I understand why. You, the first thing is, well, how do I find them? And that's a legitimate comment. I said, but it, it has to change. You know, I, it, we can go so many different places with this one. But, but I guess my response would be part of it is I think that that, that guy is going to go with the best – that coach, if he was smart, is going to go with the best player that he can possibly see. So he didn't see Edward over. He saw that Lacosta. Mm-hmm. He didn't see him. Yeah, that's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. Right. And now, now he that coach needs to obviously. He probably doesn't. Ha- that coach didn't have the resources to reach out into uh, you know thirty miles east, you know, in the in the area. So so they stick down the main line. So so. But well, they also stick where booster organizations. Yeah, yeah. The main line, you know, bring so, them. So, to, yeah. you know, there's so. a game behind it. There's there's there's. But Valley, who do you know? But but Valley yeah. Center, Valley Center has an obligation. Yeah. To get you to get their kids that are committed, committed to the program, not just good, not just athlete. Well, but, you know, if you got an athlete, if you got a baller, hey, get him shown. But if you got a kid like you know, like like yourself, that's that's bought in, that's showing up. That's leading. That's going to class. There's an obligation, you know. And 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 some people will say it's happening, but a lot of people will say it's not. Yeah. And and is the Valley Center program committed to our to our athletes, Ed? It's difficult to say because my coach he bring brought in some coaches, but he also didn't bring in ones I called in. Like it's like it was like a fifty fifty because during season. He really wouldn't have coaches come and see us, but it was off season. Yeah, he would. So it's it's hard to say because of some of the stuff. It's like he didn't help me recruiting at all, and then there's some stuff he did help me. By the end of the day, he really, really wasn't a part of my recruiting. That's because he said he always said I'm focused on here on high school. I'm focused on now, not later. So yeah, it's, you know, and 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 that's football, and that's the bread and butter. You think about the kid that's playing tennis. Yeah. Think about the native kid that's playing uh, softball. Think about the the kid that's uh, you know wrestling. They're getting no attention. You know, you're the big dog on campus playing football, and the attention that he got doing that. Yeah. It's it, it's concerning. You know, and 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 I think about all the other kids that are doing all these other sports. Yeah. That, I mean, they're just. Well, there, there's always been a disproportionate huge uh, football versus everything else because in, 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 because in, the collegiate and, football and, teams and, and carrying I guess, I guess 88 players. Saying, I guess what I'm saying now is now my next question is is that it, it, are we being even more disconnected on the reservation than we are from town from Valley Center? Yeah, you know, is that an issue? You know, if 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 you weren't as big as you were, do you think you would you would have got the support that you got? You know. Mm. 
I, I, and I guess what I'm trying to say, what I'm, what we want to do is encourage all of our kids to play. Yeah. How many kids do we see that are talented, that are playing ITS, that are out there playing basketball, just want, just 21 in the court, and they're and they and they can play. I'm not saying ballers, but they like to play the game, but they don't try out. Yeah. They don't walk on. Yeah, well, they, this gets back to our discussion with Shandine. I don't know if you heard that episode, but Shandine, you know. Some kids like to play doesn't mean they want to turn it into a job either. Yeah. Well, so, you know, like, and it, the beauty behind, you know, I think things like ITS and the different things that were programs that we have is that it's, it is about skill. It's about um, self-management. It's those things that need to be pulled out. And for the ones who are going to excel, most definitely you have to, you have to be able to find and learn the basics. But what that could do, and this is what we do through, and again, it's another whole podcast, but through the 7G Foundation is we allow that to ignite another goal, desire, a dream. I may not, I'm, I love basketball, but I can't play, but maybe I like statistics. Mm-hmm. Maybe I like journalism. Maybe I like photo mm-hmm. photography. Oh, Maybe that. I love to cheer. Right. Yeah. There's or so music. many, there's so many right. peripheral and careers scouting around sports, right? Scout, yeah, stuff like okay, yeah. getting so, him seen, yes, by that coach, exactly. Ah. And so, the other thing ah. that this was probably the most disturbing thing, and I always mention it. I have the video, and I and I literally showed it to some of the the um, the uh, uh, coaches that were helping at the Indigenous Bowl. Edward was on a lot of film, like he was always being interviewed, but still, but. Anyways, anyway, uh, so pigskin report. They came and did an interview, and at the end of the interview, the guy says, "Well, that's Edward Hill. He's not a big guy. He probably won't go anywhere, but he's a great guy." And you're <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, I showed it to a coach who's actually a college uh, coach out of Maryland. He started crying. He goes, Benet, why would this person say that? And I said, first off, I don't know, but, and I'm not blaming the coach at the Violet Center High School, but it came from somewhere. And it's just like, why, why would you even say that? You know? So I think, again, you know, the challenges that Edward has had and, and persevered and, you know, his, and he, you know, he should make this comment about it. What his future is, is, Football is great, but it's not as. Yeah. What? It, what? It, what is it? That's a good yeah. Point. What is next for you? Yeah. What? It, or what else are you doing? What else are you up to? Well, yeah. Good point. Right now, it's it's kind of funny because there's a lot of time I have on my hands where I don't know what to do with it because I'm so used to. <laughs> I'm 47 years old, dude. I'll tell you that doesn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> do, some yeah. Yard, do some yard work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Tell him do yard work. I'm not telling him. I gave him suggestions. I moved your corrals, man. He did move my horse corrals. So there, hey, there's a benefit to be ha- having a son this size. And, yeah. But yeah. But yeah. What's next for you? What, what, what do you What do you think you're gonna do? So like, after football, after I was injured, I had so much time to do how my hands. Uh, I didn't know what to do because all I've known is pretty much just wake up, work out, go to class, get treatment, go football, and then watch extra film time and finish it up with homework. 
So when all that was gone, because I'm taking this year off and then transferring out, it was, it's kind of weird right now because now I just kind of train and I just sit and then I just watch TV. Uh, go If these guys tell me to do something, I go do it. It's different from what I've done because I always have precise hours of what time I do this, what time I eat, what time I literally go to the bathroom. I always had precise hours when it comes to it. Like I was kind of like a machine. I work well like that too, which is funny. Mm-hmm. But now like since I got more time, I kind of just like don't know what to do. I still work out every day, but. That's funny. You ever thought of going into announcing? Because you got a really good voice. He does have a good voice. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But seriously, like you obviously have a love for the sport of football. Oh yeah. You know, like uh, you could easily turn that into a, into yeah. a career. Well, I, you I know? think he talks about, I mean, Edward's already set up, you know, so his, his, his degree is going to be in business administration with a background in finance. Nice. And, and I'm going to tell you, this kid is going to be a millionaire probably at, by the age of, you know, 25. He's very no pressure. Very <laughs> no. He, he's very frugal. Is in he his, single, mom? Yeah. All, all for all yes, of our female listeners single. out there. My son yeah. is single. Young, beautiful. Yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> Young, but, beautiful ladies out there. You know, he does say. You know, NFL is is his goal. If he doesn't get there, it's okay. But you know, for me, as not only as a mom, you know, I'll support whatever he wants to do. But as a person who runs a national organization that needs heroes. And needs a person like Ed, I mean, Edward grew up on the reservation. Obviously, is very connected. Has a large family. You guys grew up on the res. <laughs> where are you guys from? <laughs> what, where, uh, where, some where? little cute town right down yeah. there. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. We're right over there. <laughs> oh yeah, where about? Oh, Paula. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Born and raised. Remember, Dave? Born I met you guys. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Sorry, Dave. Yeah, sorry. Oh so, yeah. Tell him. So and and Edward can tell you about himself. But for me, so I'm from the Palma Band of Luceno Indians. And so our people who are the Payunquachon people, obviously, we're not Mission. We're not Luceno because Mission and Luceno just the same as Spanish, Spanish word, right? And uh, we were, um, you know, that was a, due to the process of the San Luis Rey missions and the mission, you know, stories in, in that era. But um, I, I'm a Kalak. Uh, which is our people and I'm very proud of who I am my grandfather was Maximilian Kalak who was from here from uh, Rincon and my grandmother was Concepcion Pichito from Palma and my dad was Edward Ido Kalak everybody knew him because he was actually not only a great person but he was very well known as an athlete and was supposed to go pro and because of some things that happened in his personal life um, my grandfather was not, he was a great cowboy, great man. But when he drank, he was abusive. Mm. And my dad stayed back to take care of my grandmother. And a scout had actually come to Palomar to come see him. And my dad wasn't there. He was actually home. Um, so he could have had went, but made a decision to to stay back. My mom, who was like the most amazing person in the world, well, she she was. Well, I don't think she you ever met. Away. You ever, oh man, you oh, didn't meet Esther Clack. Just, I think you just got. Here. Yeah, he's been here it, nine months. Right. Okay. Every every dirty joke you could possibly think of, she was amazing <laughs> at it. But yeah. my mom was the person who initiated this clinic. Yeah. I mean, although Dennis McGee and believe me, and but Do- she Dr. was. Dr. Clack talked a little bit about her on his podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom. Well, Dennis, Dennis talked about her when yeah. we interviewed him. Back my mom there. was yeah. instrumental in yeah. this. I mean, when I come to this clinic, I see my mom. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and and believe me, I have the utmost respect for Dennis. And he actually played fo- fo- football with my dad. But my mom is this clinic. Right. Uh, and, you know, I remember going to the little the little place right here, the little house. And I remember going here and my mom teaching Lamaze late at night. And I'm sure Dan <laughs> told that story. And I remember liver being all over our house. But anyways, that's that's another story. But, um, <laughs> but you know, kind of back to it with Edward, I, I think it's um, – I, my goal for him is to try to make it to the NFL if he can, only because there are so many people at a national level that are watching this guy. And it's, I mean, and he can tell his experience. He, so his, his um, he met Roger Goodell. And so, and Edward's not a starstruck kind of guy. I mean, it was really interesting because everybody was looking at, at him and they literally thought he was going into the draft because he's this big old kid. <laughs> oh, yeah, we played a prank on some poor woman. <laughs> Wait, t- time out, time out, time out. Indian Health Council has been empowering Native wellness for over 50 years. We continue to do so with services like our mobile pantry where you can receive free and nutritious food for you and your family. Join us at our Rincon facility on the second Tuesday of every month or on the fourth Tuesday of every month at our Santa Isabel location between 10 and 11 a.m. Upon arriving, you'll receive a variety of prepackaged dry goods and bulk produce. The mobile pantry is open to all families and community members. Both of our sites are following all COVID-19 health and safety guidelines as recommended by the CDC at this time. Upon arriving, please stay in your vehicle and wear a mask when coming to receive your food and practice safe social distancing. We look forward to seeing you at our mobile pantry, and we thank you for listening to this podcast. Indian Health Council, empowering Native wellness since 1970. Me, you. Hi, I am Dr. Dan Kolak, Chief Medical Officer at Indian Health Council and a member of the Association of American Indian Physicians and the Palma Band of Lusanyu Indians. In 1971, American Indian and Alaska Native Physicians launched AEIP to improve and protect the health of indigenous cultures. AEIP encourages all American Indians and Alaska Natives eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine to get vaccinated to preserve our tribal cultures for future generations. All right. It's a pleasure to meet you guys. I'm sorry I have to run. I've got duties. No, no worries. <laughs> so you, uh, um, you guys are from Palma, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So figure. Oh, so my, I did get in, but my mom's people are uh, there. There's a weechol. I yeah, they're weechol, but there's another word for it. Their traditional name is Warika, something like that. I, I have to, but I, I've studied them, but I rec, I identify with being from Palma. And that's that's who my people are, um, and you know I'm very proud of my, who my mom's people are. Uh, they we actually have similar dialects, um, the Wichol people and the Lusenos. So um, um, I actually ran into one and I asked what he was speaking, and he said, "I don't speak Spanish." I said, "I didn't say that. I was I could under- kind of not understand him, but it looked sounded familiar." So, but um, yeah, so I'm an enrolled member uh, for Palma. And Edward, you can tell them where you're from. So I'm also from the same place as my mom, if you guessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So me and my sister are both enrolled there. And uh, 
Yeah, and uh, we also have our dad's side, which is Creek, Muskogee, and then our, yeah. In Kauia. In Kauia. Spent a, I lived up in a, with him for a year or two up there, but it was like, you know, parents are divorced, so they go move back and forth, but lived there for a little bit. It was pretty cool. We lived with our grandma Sue, Sue Kitchen. Up in Kauia? Yeah. And yeah, that's about it. Yeah, and so we all, I mean, we've kind of done the same thing. Like Edward went to Valley uh, Palm School. I went to Palm School. But it's interesting because <laughs> Edward was, I think you were 12 years old. Mm. And he said, Mom, I want to talk to you about my schooling. And I said, okay. And I, you know what, I already had foresight that Edward was going to be the way he was is today. And I, you know, same thing with Malia. But Edward has this conversation with me and he goes, um, I think I need to go to a different school. I'm like, what? And he goes, it is better for me to go to Valley Center School because Palma is not providing me what I need in education. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, um, all right, son. I said, if, if that's what you believe, and he goes, it's just, Mom, there's a lot of things. You know, I'm really concerned about my education. He goes, so I just want to go to Valley Center. I was like, and this was during middle school. So it was, you know, the, the middle school up there. And I was like, well, if that's what you want to do, then I support your your idea and your thoughts, and let's move you up there. So we did. So that's how he ended up at Valley Center. But he also, at the same time, was we were in the process of moving from our house and Edward is a thinker. He is a deep thinker. And he said he was <laughs> stressed out. And I'm like, son, what's wrong? He was mom. I really need to understand what I'm going to do when I get to college. And I said, well, what do you mean by it? Is this a middle school? Yeah, this okay. is a middle school still. Okay. And I said, okay, what do you mean? And he said, how I'm how am I gonna work and go to school and not that I have to socialize, but how am I gonna maintain friends? Where am I gonna live, mom? Like where am I gonna work? And he, like it, he was getting down on it. And I was like, uh, son, first off, hey, props to you for thinking about it already. I said, but it's gonna happen. I said, son, don't worry about it. I said, you'll you know, we'll get you a scholarship, we'll get you to school, you'll get a job, maybe not a job. I said, anyways, it'll work. And he goes, Mom, I'm really concerned. I really need to know. And I'm thinking, this kid's this this kid is gonna figure it out when he gets there. But it, I was pretty impressed at the fact that we were having this conversation. But then again, like I said, Edward was a major thinker. He when, and he could talk about it. And this was actually when he was in elementary. Um, do you remember when the uh, Mayan calendar ended? Uh -huh. And it was supposed to, that world was Y2K? supposed to. 2012. Yeah. yeah. Right? Or no, that wasn't the Y2K. No. Sorry, 2012. No. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. And so, movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Edward, and no help from his sister, believe me, Malia made it worse. They, You'll have to get them together because they had a really strange relationship, although they're extremely tight now. I mean, they still argue as brothers and sisters, but like Malia could cut Edward with a knife with whatever she said to him. And he would be like, Bob, she don't love me. But, she, you know, again, I'm like, Edward, she loves you. Don't worry about it. But Malia is like a powerhouse. Like she, she's me 20 times over. I mean, she's like control. Um, 
<laughs> it's true. But Edward was... I don't, I don't believe that. Oh, God. But I have the utmost respect for you, so I, I, I won't say that on the record. <laughs> so Edward's home, and he calls me, and he's freaking out. I'm like, what's wrong, son? And so I go home, and he's like, Mom, the world's going to end. And he's crying, and like he's breaking down. I'm like, son, first off, where, where did you get get this idea he goes what they're talking about it at school he goes the Mayan calendar has ended and it world is going to end because there's there's no more and i'm like it's no i said son that that's not that's not true and what i had to do i had to provide him information believe me i called in like i called in uncle wayne nelson i called in uh, i told his dad i told a friend of mine um from pine ridge and did, like different ones to talk about philosophy and I and I was and they all talked to him and they're like, man, Edward's having a hard time. He's just really and the, the worst part is Edward would do research. This kid, when he was um, again even younger than that, he told me that did I know? He asked me if I knew that there was a certain breed of dog that had that understood over a hundred commands. I'm like, no, I didn't know that. He goes, there is, but so that was the example of Edward. So he literally thought the world was going to end and it was causing him major distress and then i finally i finally uh showed him the description of the mayan calendar in aristotle and he read that and it just kind of it just kind of cleared things up it was really strange because believe me i used every scenario you could possibly think of of wanting to to really understand you know the universe and life and he had the hardest time i felt so bad for him I remember the day of like when it's going to turn like 2012. I remember it, like when it was supposed to end the day. I remember I went with my dad and I was like, all right, well, I'm freaking out. So I went back to my, it's back to his house. And I think he still lived in like what, Old Town? Yeah. Old Town, Temecula or something like that. We went over there. And I remember just sitting in my room. I was like, the world's going to end. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> so I went to sleep because I was like, I'm, at least I was like, if I die, I'm going to die in my sleep. Uh. But yeah, and I woke up. I was like, the world didn't end. Yeah. Dang, you, yeah. Did you like slowly open an eye? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, Grandma? Oh, no, I'm alive. Was, you know, yeah, because I I felt, you know, of course, like Edward said, as divorced parents, you know, we had fluctuate every weekend. I really wanted him because I just, um, you know, Edward and I have this relationship to where we can talk about just, we get pretty deep in talking and stuff so but i felt so bad because i was like man my son's gonna crumble mm. right um but he obviously he survived so he's yeah. good but it you know he's just so kind of coming to where he is today in life um i think it you know i think that's where a lot of his deep thinking and emotions and drive and perseverance really comes from um he <laughs> so Everybody knows that my household is the house that people go to to either they'll go if they want to learn whatever or they need to talk or they need somebody to, you know, pick them up, you know, mentally or even physically. But um, so Edward calls me, uh, texts me and he goes, hey, um, uh, what is it? Oh, he goes, I got this friend of mine who's going to who needs a place to stay. I'm like, okay. He goes, he went to, he went to college out here and he's going to move home, but he needs to stay at the house. I'm like, 
okay, uh, you know. So from that point, I mean, we've always had people living with this, but here comes another one. And um, it was, his name's Josh Perez. And he's a great kid. And he texts me and he goes, <laughs> hey, Mrs. Hill. I'm like, no, not Mrs. Hill. It's Kalak. Oh, hey, Mrs. Kalak. <laughs> he goes, um, so I'll be down Monday. And um, he goes, yeah, uh, I told Edward I'd be down. So I'll be down. And he goes, um, I can't wait to meet you guys. <laughs> I text Edward. I said, you got something to tell me? And he goes, what? Oh, yeah. He goes, Josh is going to be moving in. So I have a college house. I have college students all living. I mean, wow. it, which is, it's great only because my two kids are leaving, which makes me really sad. Believe me, I cry every day. But Edward's going back to um, school in Colorado Mesa for Finishing two up. more. Yeah, I, thought, uh, I heard you're transferring. Yeah, at the end of this year, I'm trying to get together my film and get like sent out to schools. Hopefully, I get a scholarship. I'm trying to go D one. If I don't, that's fine. I'll just walk on. I'll like earn my way because I just have two more semesters left at Colorado Mesa until I get my degree. And I didn't want to leave because I was going to leave uh, last semester. But if I left, some of my credits wouldn't make it over. Mm. So I was like. Might as well finish out. It's like I got two semesters left. Just grind them out. Yeah. Good move. Good move. Yeah. Well, and and where do you want to transfer? Closer to home or just a bigger school or, or just an opportunity? Just a D1, an opportunity D1. to keep playing because I played at a D2 level. I didn't get to play a long time, but yeah. I did play three games. So I was like cra crazy moment because it's like. COVID. I, yeah. COVID. Yeah, you know, I, you, you played through COVID. You beat COVID. Yeah, I, it was probably a crazy feeling, like, first well, time. How many years was that? Was that one, did you guys lose a whole year? Uh, yeah, so. Did, did you guys' program completely shut down? Mm, yeah, we played three games, and three we were games? supposed to play, like, six. But, oh. yeah, COVID started kicking up. Every team started catching it, so Jeez. we couldn't keep playing. Our team was actually doing well. We didn't catch much cases. Well, it was crazy, too, because the year, the last, and I actually had a dream. I told Edward, I had a dream that, Colorado Mesa was all upset because they were sucking and losing and Edward was their whole O-line. But, and so, and then he got, he got picked up somewhere. But his, um, the year, the last year he was there or played, um, they won, what you guys were ranked number one in O-line? Yeah, in our conference, I think we were ranked either second or first in like, as an O-line for like yards. For yeah. like rushing yards, yeah. Oh. So, but Edward had some really cool teammates. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's why actually I was really happy, because um, I would go to every game, and um, probably Edward didn't want me at every game, but I was there at Colorado Mesa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh wow! Because I'd pop You've in been and to stuff. every game. Yeah, you drive to every game, and or I'd fly? Fly, drive or, or fly. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. That's how far it was. I think the farthest game she traveled for it was like. My game in the one I started was South Dakota. We okay. replaced Black Hill State, uh -huh. and it was snowing. And oh, I just was... I was like, where's my mom at? And I just see this little gremlin in the stand, <laughs> all covered up, layered up. And she has, like, a green hoodie on. I just see that. And I was like, oh, look, my mom. My friend Justin was there. He's a big white boy, too, 6'6", 380. Humongous yeah. human being, size 17 feet. His yeah. toes, like, twice the size of my thumbs. Dang. Just a great guy, though. Yeah. And we just see both our moms just shivering in the stands, I just was, waving at them. Dang. So, but, and actually, I have footage on him. Um, 
plane actually in that, the that snow. That reminds me. Will you send an image of him so we, maybe we can yeah. share it on our when we when we promote the, oh, for the sure. podcast? Uh, maybe yeah. some football, maybe you guys as a family or whatever. Oh, for whatever sure. you think is good. Okay. Yeah, but it was pretty interesting. It was. Um, it, <laughs> I know we are limited in time, but yeah. Um, so when Edward went to school. Malia and I cried for like four to five months. Like we were crying like every day. It was it was just like horrible. So and then we would go out there. <laughs> and so when I got the chance to go, um, and it was the game. It was his freshman year, and I got to go to the hotel. And that was the first time I got to see him before he, after he left. And so I go in there, and it was like we go in there, and I'm sitting with them in the in the. Um, Hotel lobby, it's, I can only sit with him like 10 minutes. And and we're just, you know, kind of going over stuff, what we've been talking about and like doing and stuff at home. And so he's like, well, mom, I got to go back to my room. I said, I know. So <laughs> I get up and it was a total movie scene. Actually, I even did Facebook on it. And I was like crying in my film or, in you know, on Facebook Live. Everybody was like, stop crying. Um, but as I walk out the lobby... And I'm hugging, you know, Edward. And so I walk out. And you know they always tell you don't turn around and look back because, you know, it just makes it worse. Totally turned around. <laughs> and you got Edward in this window, like filling the window, obviously. And he's sitting there, and I'm, like, just bawling, dude. I'm like, oh, my God. So cried so much. <laughs> but it was classic because, you know, just we have a really, really great bond when it comes to, like, our family. You know, their dad, and you know, really close with, you know, the, obviously the kids. And, you know, they always contact um, him on, on every situation they go through. Um, you know, with me, too. I mean, I really appreciate what my kids have said that, you know, that if I wasn't who I was, they wouldn't be who they are. Mm. So I'm and everybody always goes, but hey, you know, yeah, kids are great. And I said, yeah, I'm lucky. I'm so lucky. You know, and it is nice to have people say, well, it's because, you know, they have a mom like you. And so I, you know. But, you know, kids are individual and they have their own, um, you know, minds and stuff. And I'm so thankful that, you know, I got two amazing kids. So they're uh, they're definitely good role models. And so uh, they're great kids. Great kids. We almost had Malia join us today. Yeah. yeah. She, we're we're going to bring her back. If you guys could see your mom, you're a little emotional. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got a, I got some pretty cool kids. So I'm, I'm sharing your emotion. Oh, yeah. I, I understand. I understand how I think I understand how you feel. I don't know. Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure if my my daughter has compared your level of success, but I know my love is is un. I can't put yeah. that in a in a box and and compare it. You know, it's like we're so proud of you, we're so proud of you guys, and to see. I, I don't think we ever want paid back, but to see you succeed and achieve and and just uh, um, just uh, do good. Just be good. Just right. you know, just just be good. Yeah. You know, be cool. Yeah. And I try to bubble wrap my kids. Is that legal to bubble wrap your kids so uh, nothing will hurt them? I will them? let Tribal Family Services answer that <laughs> on the link. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm trying to make sure like nothing hurts them, so I'm like well, bubble wrap. Well, you know that, that that's why you know what uh, my daughter had a choice between Chico, uh, Chico. Her, it came down to Chico and San Diego State. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, your dad is not, not your dad's not gonna let you leave. Your dad's not gonna let you leave. Yeah. And and I told. Totally. I said, we're going to go to, go to Chico. Yeah. We're going to do a, yeah. a campus tour. And she's like, we can go do a campus tour. Yeah. We're going to go to Chico. 
We should have had a drive. We cheated, so we flew there. <laughs> have you been out there, to Chico? Mm-mm. So it's a it's a it's a nine hour drive, and then so just from the plane, it's an hour or it's an hour and a yeah. half drive. So we cheated. I should have let her feel the whole thing. Yeah, you know the drive, the dr- you know the grind. Yeah, yeah. I should have let her feel it, but I wanted. It wasn't my decision. I, if she wanted to go, I was going to let her go. If she wanted to stay yeah. at San Diego State, she can stay home. But everyone's like, your dad's not going to let you go. But what I wasn't going to do was her ever, you know, say, you made me do this. Right. You know, so I wanted to bubble wrap her. Of course I wanted her to stay home. Yeah. You know, but uh, I think that the bubble wrap, it, eventually they're going to hit the ground. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and I, 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 me, the sooner they can touch the ground, the better, and we can get on with life. Well, Edward made a comment to me one day when he hurt his ankle. And so, <laughs> you know, and probably Edward would admit to this, like maybe he won't, but total mama's boy, right? You know, and, and but Malia's like my best friend, but Malia can rule the world. Edward, he's okay with just, you know. I'm fine living in a shack in the woods. <laughs> and so he told me one time he hurt his ankle, and he was a sophomore in high school. And he said, Mom, and he, he rolled it. And I said, yeah, son. He goes, if you could carry me, would you? Every day, son. <laughs> I would cover, carry you every day. Everybody makes fun of me. But hey, let me. I said, he is grown up. So Edward turns 21 tomorrow. You're not 21? No. no. I thought you guys were 21. Oh, Ethan doesn't turn 21 till I think, October. Yeah, I'm older than Ethan, but I'm still not 21 yet. Well, tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, tomorrow. Well, happy birthday. Thanks, man. Yeah. Well, happy birthday. You know what I'm going to do for my birthday? Okay, let me guess. I'm going to help Malia with a camp. I won't cut you off there. With what? A camp. Oh, yeah. We're actually, 7G Foundation is hosting a softball camp tomorrow, and that's what Edward's doing for Oh, nice. Where at? Uh, Actually, here at Rincon. Plug it. So the 7G Foundation is hosting the first annual, uh, it's a softball clinic. We actually have Coach uh, um, Wayne Hill, who's at, who's, Edward's uh, great uncle. He's a uh, recruiter for Baylor, um, Muskogee Creek. It was a recruiter for Baylor. But um, he'll be coming down with some um, um, Bev, not Bev, Bell Dixon. She's a local um, college student, softball. I forget that, I forget where not everybody knows. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So she's going to be coming to help out. She's done some other camps. Yeah. And she's doing great up there. Right. She is. As a matter of fact, she's playing. Humble has contacted us as the 7G because they want us to act as a conduit to get more native americans up there nice. at humboldt you guys so yeah it's it's a really exciting nice. time but yeah but that's what edward's going to do for his birthday really well yeah. good job yeah uh, good job. i know we gotta finish this up so i'll i'll tell the story about roger goodell and then yeah, like, get some final words no, no, don't, say don't to rush people. if you we, we want to hear from you oh so you can find me another podcast another time. So you met Roger Goodell? Yeah, so including the story about uh, one guy. Who's meeting, Roger Goodell? Uh, he's the the head man of the NFL. The head man. All I know about Roger Goodell is he makes like $35 million a year. Oh, 40. He, 40 now? Wow. Uh, we got there. It was kind of all surreal because it was just cool. We got to go to like the NFL draft and we got to get all backstage passes and stuff. So we got there, and I got my mom made me get a blazer because she's like, "Yeah, I look nice." And I was like, "Do I have to?" She said, "Yeah." So I got a blazer. Didn't didn't believe I needed, but apparently I did. And you bet you did. You look good, right? Yeah. So I got a blazer. 
got in there. We all were traveling around and we're like kind of having our fun, like, like seeing new things. We're all like a bunch of little kids because the first time ever, like all we saw were like pretty much white. Like food. we were backstage. Like no, no, our pass. And we'll take a photo of the pass. They had an. They had to create an extra emblem for us because we got access to go everywhere. Yeah. So they had to create an extra little, you know, whatever thing for our pass. Yeah. And it's kind of like, we, it, it was, we were able to go anywhere, like anywhere. Like, you know, the green room where they're about to get drafted in and where they sit in? We got entrance to that. But we also got kicked out of it. Are you serious? You can go in there? Was there athletes in there? Yeah. The NFL, yeah, the next, like, first Who round picks. Uh, sauce, Gardner Sauce. Like, every first round pick that went what? to the draft was there. So it's, we saw all of them there. When they, while they were waiting. Yeah, we saw the first oh round pick, gosh, second I round pick. I could imagine the energy. Yeah, so we went in there. It was like. Oh, my goodness. It was silent. No one was speaking. And then there's us, like, and some of us came in there with beers. And, like, you know, kind of like a couple of drunk Indians came in there. And yeah. it was just, like, looking around. And I was like, ah, we're going to get kicked out because I saw our group. Did not look like we were supposed to be there. They're like, how'd you guys get in? And I was like, oh, we got passes. And they're like, how? And we were like, oh, we just have it because. Uh, Roger Gale took care of us, and we we're like, all right, well, then they kicked us out of there. But we did get to see a lot of cool things. So then we went to a room, just waiting room, and then we finally were just waiting for about like 20, 30 minutes, and we just spoke to him. Just like we were going to go out there and like help him with stuff, but they's like, uh, how time's working because the draft picks were so fast out here that we just started talking to him. And we just talked about everything, and he was talking to me, and I was like, my mom gave me this much of a like, what to talk about. Hey, Medallion, talk about that and who you are. Okay, I got that. I got that. Five minutes later, I went to go talk to him. And then my mom told exactly who I am and then the medallion part. And I was like, all right, what do I talk about now? So I just kind of stuttered. And I was like, it was kind of like Starshow because I was like, dude, that's like a million dollar man right there, like making more than a lot of people. Like it was kind of crazy because. Roger Goodell, like, even though we all have different opinions about him, he's still the head man of the NFL. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So we talk, I talked to him a little bit, talked to him about the medallion a little bit more, about how I got it, how I wanted it, and I was giving it to him. I even signed it. I was like, to Roger Goodell. I was like, hopefully I spelt it right, from Ed Hill. But you yeah. gave him the medallion? Yeah. So he has that in his uh, New York office on his, uh, just his table, just sitting there looking oh. at it. So, yeah, he oh. has that. It was a real surreal moment and then he brought it out for the 31st pick of the minnesota vikings wow he stood out on national television with the medallion that i got who got the, drafted there do you remember i have no idea i wasn't paying attention uh, we were like, just all the girls just got back from that unity conference in minnesota yesterday mm -hmm. it was a big conference out there did you ever go to unity uh, i only went once or twice always i always had sports i always yeah. i was always training yeah so like a lot of things that kids got to do i didn't really get to do because I don't know. I kept training, but it's funny because it's like, how, why would you do that? It's kind of boring, but I made it fun. To right. me, it was fun. To me, I loved every right. moment of it. Right. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I think there's vice versa too. Like there's kids that probably wish they were out there training, Yeah. you know? And, 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 and I think that's why we want to recognize your journey because it's so unique. Yeah. There's not a lot of people that have taken that path, you know. First of all, they 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 couldn't, and then and not because of their talent or their ability, but the courage. 
you know, it, it, you've probably seen so many obstacles and there's probably been so many reasons not to go down that path or so many people telling you you couldn't or you can't, whether it was racism or or just just flat out people telling you you couldn't. Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you look at it because I did go through things. My coach, he's like, uh, be honest with you, you're sh- you're kind of short. You're not fast enough. He's like, he's kind of just putting me down. I was like, aren't you supposed to be like motivating me or something? Like giving some words of like wisdom or like courage. Now he kind of just put me down. He, me and him were close, but he was like being honest with me. I was like, man, I was like, at least give me something to like have some hope on. Cause it was, it was very hard. Cause I put in a lot of hours every day. I'd wake up at 4am, spend like 30 minutes just sitting on my bed. Cause I'm like, man, do I really want to be up this early to go work out? Because that's always a question. It's like, you don't wake up being like, oh, I'm ready. Let's go do this. Now that doesn't happen. You have, I had 30 minutes downtime just sitting there going, I'm tired and I'm, I'm sore. I'm like, I don't want to stand right now. But then I was like, if I want a future and what I'm about to do, I got to get up. So then I got up, woke my mom up, and she took me to the gym, worked out from five to seven, then, you know, high school hours and then, mm-hmm finish 2.45 and then go to football from like three to seven, something like that. Three to six, was it three to five? I don't even remember, it's been so much time. Yeah. But yeah, so that was the Roger Goodell story. Yeah, yeah. so, and then how about this in closing, so so what, what are you doing with school? Uh, with school, I have two semesters left and I, just, I have uh, 11 classes I need to take and I get finished to get my degree. So I got it in four years, even though I failed like maybe three or four classes. <laughs> and what's your degree in? Business finance. And, and what do you see, what do you see yourself working in and doing with that business finance degree? Honestly, I don't have like a big idea of what I'm going to do. It's like, Cause I always ask my dad, I was like, Hey, how did you fall into what you're doing now? And he's like, to be honest, son, I kind of just did everything and kind of fell into this. What's he doing? I have no idea. He just, <laughs> he just tells me he likes it. And I was like, all right, he does, uh, something cultural management up at, I think TANF in, um, uh, somewhere up in town, but he does that and pretty much helps people plan events for like kids to help them prepare for like future life. Oh. Not just if they don't go into college going to uh what's it called trade schools yeah trade schools if they don't do that just find a job to work towards to wow. work towards something that's what it helps out the kids he's like mm. i kind of try to help them out find their identities or who they are and it's like i was like that's kind of cool it's kind of like i like helping people like if someone comes up to me and asks me like tell me like oh you're my hero it actually it makes me really happy even though i do have a very stoic face because <laughs> i'll be honest sometimes i don't know what to say because i was like Thank you. Like you give me more, more motivation to do what I'm doing, to be who I am. Because that's one of my proudest moments is my younger brother. He said, brother, I look up to you, like everything you've done, I look up to you. He's like, do you think I can be just as good as you? I always, I always tell him this, I was like, shoot, you can be better than me easily, hands down. Get all the words I have and then some. It just depends on how much you're willing to work, brother, how much you want to do this. Because no matter, you're, you're set up for greatness, but it's up to you of how far you want to take this, how, like how much you want to do. He's like, really? And I was like, I believe in you with all I got. Trust me. He's like, you don't just have my blood. You have everyone's blood. You're Native American. You're strong. 
I always tell him that, and he's like, okay. Like, he gets really happy now. I was like, mm-hmm. I know you got this, brother. He's I don't care who opposes you. I got your back no matter what. So if you have questions, ask me on the street. Go ahead. If you like, just want to say hello, go ahead, say hello to me. If you want motivational speech, it's a 50-50. <laughs> either it's good or it's bad. And going to be completely it's honest. Long or short. Yeah, long or short. But you realize is like if you say something to me and you want to accomplish something, you talk it to me about it, I'll tell you you got this. Because I was like, if you're willing to come up to me and tell me that you want this and you think you can do it, go and do it. If you have dreams and aspirations, go give it your best shot. Like, I know I have dreams to make it to the NFL. Like, going more of realizing that the chance of that is really small, but hey, you, if I'm you still going to give it a shot. Yeah. Yep. That's one of the crazy things is like, oh, like, the chances of making it to college is little. The chance of making it to the uh, show is little to uh, that. The chance of playing varsity football. Yeah, that's even little. Like, well, you know, we we everyone talks about it after when they're forty and fifty, but realistically, you didn't play much, you know, or 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 people regret not trying. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're really really proud of you. Thank you. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people recognize you, and uh, I think uh, it's a it's a real honor to have you uh, join us, mm-hmm. and uh, we we want to follow your journey, and uh, um um. Why don't you leave us with some closing remarks? Uh, closing remarks about life and... Uh, closing remarks for uh, um, for all the adults that are looking for motivation. Looking for motivation? You got to look deep down because everyone's going to have a different motivation. In my opinion, for motivation, you got to look inside yourself. And if you want this, you got to work toward it. And like you have got to have self motivation toward it, and you gotta have some backing. Even if it's, I go my backing's my family. It keeps me strong. They're my rock. Even if I get lost sometimes, they're always there for me. They're my rock. I look for them sometimes for motivation. You just gotta find something. Even though sometimes you don't have family there, you will have friends. If you don't have friends there, you got the animals you have. Sometimes you gotta use other stuff to help motivate you because you can't always be motivated by yourself the whole time unless you're like. Sometimes you got to be a psychopath, but not everyone's like that. To keep living, you just got to keep going. Because the once you give up is truly when you just don't have anything left to fight. And I believe everyone has more to give, more will to fight. Because everyone could do so much if they put their mind to it. Like, if you want to be great, you got to train to be great. Well, thank you. Thank you. And... Thank you for joining us. Thanks for bringing your mom. We got lucky. Mom joined us. And uh, happy birthday. I didn't know it was going to be your birthday. Yeah, thank you. Indian Health Council's What About Life podcast is made possible by the Prevention and Early Intervention Program funded by the County of San Diego Mental Health Services Act. Indian Health Council's Behavioral Health Hotline can be reached Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. by calling 760 751-6004. That's 760-751-6004. If you're outside of Indian Health Council service area and are experiencing a mental health emergency in San Diego, call the San Diego Access and Crisis Line at 1-888-724-7240. That's the San Diego Access and Crisis Line at 1-888-724-7240. Or call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 
1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255 for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Help is available. All you have to do is reach out for it. Indian Health Council, empowering Native wellness since 1970. Thank you for listening to the What About Life podcast from Indian Health Council. Please take a moment and make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss a single new episode. The views and opinions expressed by those interviewed on the What About Life podcast, including all program participants, are solely their own current opinions regarding events and are based on their own perspective and opinion. It is the opinion and perspective of the interviewees and the hosts. Such views, opinions, and or perspectives are intended to convey a life story or based on recollections about events in their lives on which conflicting memories may exist and are not intended to malign any individual, religion, ethnic group, or company. The views and opinions expressed do not reflect the views or opinions of Indian Health Council, Inc., or the companies with which any program participants, interviewees, are or may be affiliated. The What About Life podcast is a production of the Health Promotions and Marketing Department at Indian Health Council and is funded through the Prevention and Early Intervention Program from the County of San Diego HHSA Mental Health Services Act. What About Life is produced and edited by David S. Dawson, executive produced by Beth Turner. Our research team and hosts are George Pojas, Arturo Calvo, Jason Levine, and Marissa Yepa. This episode of What About Life is the copyright of Indian Health Council, Inc.